We're going to study now the third Sicha on this week's Parsha Ve'era in Lakute Sichos. It's from the Lakute Sichos, volume 16. In this Sicha is a fascinating talk that the Rebbe takes a verse in this week's Parsha where Moshe is going to say that he is incapable, his lips are sealed, that he's not capable to talk to Pharaoh. Why would Hashem want to send him to be the messenger to speak and give a message to Pharaoh? And there's unbelievable, powerful lessons that can be taken once you start to really understand the use of the words that the Torah uses and the comparison to a similar phrase that Moshe says that he can't talk in last week's Parsha, and knowing the differences between the two. With Rashi's insight, you really get to an unbelievable, revolutionary way of understanding the actual Chumash. So, in the continuation of the story where Hashem wants that Moshe should be the one to speak to Pharaoh, to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, Moshe complains to Hashem and he says the following words. Hain ani aral sefasayim. Ani, I, aral, Rashi translates it to means closed, sealed. Sefasayim means lips, plural. So his lips are sealed. He says to Hashem, my lips are sealed. The eich Yishma Elai Pare. How will Pare hear, listen to me? I can't speak. You're sending me to go on a message to speak to Pharaoh, but I can't speak. And as the verse states in today's Parsha, chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, says like this God says to Moshe, Re'ei Nisaticha Eloikim. Lefaro, I, in God's response to Moshe's words that he can't speak. So Hashem says to him, Behold, you will see that Nisaticha, I am making you, I'm giving over into you Elohim. Over here, it's not Elohim God. Over here, Elohim means a ruler. I am making you into a ruler over Pharaoh and your brother Aaron will be your spokesman. Those are the words of the verse. So again, Hashem says to Moshe, Behold, look, you, I'm making you into a master over Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesman. Nivi'echa. Nivi'echa is from the word Navi, like a prophet is God's spokesman to give over a message. Right? God says to the prophet, So you, Nivi'echa, you're going to be his, he, Aaron will be your spokesman. So on these words, that you will speak. Ata to Daber, you will speak. Rashi says that when it says you will speak, Rashi says what it means is you will speak directly to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, will be your spokesman. Meaning what this means is, Rashi says, that Aaron will be your interpreter and the explainer. He uses two words. Yamlitseini, Yamlitseinu, 
Viyatimenu. He will be your spokesman and he will also give it over with Tom, with reason, explanation. Aaron will elaborate on the message to Pharaoh so Pharaoh should really get it and understand it. And as Rashi concludes, that Aaron will give over the good explanation in a way that Pharaoh will understand it into the ears of Pharaoh. Now, what does it mean here when it said that, that what is Rashi emphasizing here? That he's saying that when it says you will speak and Aaron will be your interpreter, your, your interpreter, your, your spokesperson. So Rashi is trying to emphasize that in this week's Parsha, it's different than the way it was in last week's Parsha. In last week's Parsha Shemos, it said that God told to Moshe, I want you to, to say to the Jewish people a message that they will be going out of Egypt. They're going to be going out of slavery. And Moshe said back to Hashem, Moshe said, Kvad Peh. I can't speak. I have a, a hard, it, it's hard for me to speak. That's what Moshe said. He said, it's hard for me to speak. It's hard for my, my lips to say the words. Why don't you send somebody else? That's what Moshe asked Hashem. Send a different messenger to go speak to Pharaoh. To go, sorry, to go speak to the Jewish people. I can't speak well. I have a lisp. And Hashem said to Moshe, you should speak to Aaron, your brother. Say over the message that I just told you that it's going to be easier for the Jews. Tell it to Aaron and let Aaron tell it over to the Jews. That's what it said clearly in last week's parasha. That Hashem tells Moshe, okay, you can't speak well. Say it over to Aaron and Aaron will tell it to the Jews. But over here, Rashi's emphasizing that it's not the same way. It's not that Moshe speaks to Aaron and Aaron tells it over to the Yidin. Moshe, you tell it to Pari straight. And Aaron will only explain what you were trying to say. I guess you don't speak clear, right? So Aaron will be the one to elaborate and give it over clearly. Now, when, so in other words, Rashi's telling us that the order and the way Moshe's message gets to its destination, in last week's parasha, it gets straight to Aaron and then to the Jews. And this week's parasha, it's straight to the source where it has to get to, to Pharaoh by Moshe. And Aaron's going to explain it. Which is different. Didn't say last week that as Moshe, you talk to the Jews. They won't understand what you're saying. So Aaron will interpret. No. Moshe doesn't talk to the Yidden at all. You talk to Aaron and Aaron will give it over. But in today's parasha, it's different. You speak straight to Pharaoh and Aaron will explain what you're saying to Pharaoh. When it says in the ears of Pharaoh, what does it mean that you should, Aaron will explain it to the ears of Aaron a Pharaoh, what do you mean to, into a Pharaoh's ears? So Rashi basically already explained to us what does it mean this borrowing word into the ears. I speak to you, you should hear me with your ears. What does that mean, right? So Rashi already said in Parsha Vayigash, when Judah came and met with Joseph and he started to talk stern words, so Yehuda said to Yosef, he said, let your servant talk into the ears of his master. And Rashi said, when it says into the ears of its master, it means that my words should penetrate through your ears. So when you use this 
expression that Aaron should speak and it should be understood. He should elaborate the message to Pharaoh to understand it and he should hear it with his ears. It means it should go penetrate through into Pharaoh. What's Rashi's proof that in our parsha it's different than last week's parsha? I get it. That's what he's trying to tell me. That the direction Moshe is not speaking to the to to Aaron and Aaron's going to tell Pharaoh and Moshe is going to speak directly to Pharaoh. What's Rashi's backup proof? As we learned many times, that in order to say a statement, you have to have biblical proof to your statement. And this, the Rashi's proof is two points. Number one, in an earlier verse in today's parsha, it says clearly, sorry, in the one verse before, it says that Aaron is going to be your Nivi Echa, your spokesman. So that means that you're going to be speaking straight to Pharaoh and there's a spo- Aaron's your spokesman. You can't say that it means Moshe's speaking to Aaron and Aaron's your spokesman. Doesn't make sense. He's speaking to, to because it says clearly your spokesman, therefore it has to mean that Moshe's speaking straight to Pharaoh. Number two, we have another verse in an earlier chapter. It says, that it says that the, the Parsha lists out in the, the lineage of Moshe and Aaron. It tells you who's this family, who are their ancestors. It goes through like a whole you know, page about their family. And then it, for, it, it concludes that Aaron and Moshe, who are from this whole family, it starts off literally from Levi, uh, Yaakov's child, and Levi had how many children, and who, Kahas was one of them, and they all had children, it goes through everybody's children, it goes through the whole thing. So over there, it concludes there, that Aaron and Moshe, they, they, plural, Haim, Hamadabim, they in plural, meaning Aaron and Moshe, will talk to Pharaoh. So it seems quite clear, from that verse, where it says, they will speak to Pharaoh, quite clear that Moshe also speaks directly to Pharaoh. And that's why Rashi here says that when it says you should speak and Aaron will be your spokesman, it means you should speak directly to Pharaoh. Now we have a question. The question is that in Parsha Shemos, in last week's Parsha, after God speaks a whole lengthy speech to Moshe to speak to the Jews and tell them that they're going to be free people soon. And after that, it says, Moshe and Aaron gathered together the elders of Israel to give them the message. And then it says, Moshe and Aaron were going up to Pharaoh and all of the sages, the 70 elders, one by one, disappeared. They got too scared to go along. The time they got up to Pharaoh, it was Moshe and Aaron themselves. And then it says, Vayomru, and they said to Pharaoh. And they said, the God of is the God of the Hebrews is sent us to tell you that you better let them free. So again, it's clear that both of them went because it says it clearly. There was the, this was, seems like that was the first time in last week's parsha where it says that they went to speak to Pharaoh, that they went together. So it seems clearly that Moshe went together. And obviously, if Moshe went when he couldn't speak clearly, right? Because he said, kvad pe, kvad lashin. it's hard for my lips to speak, it's hard for my tongue to speak. And Hashem agreed that you should have Aaron, should be your, it says, Aaron, 
Aaron should be for you as a mouth. He will be your mouth, so you have nothing to be scared of. So it's understood that Moshe did not speak in length, or you know, he didn't elaborate nothing. The main thing is because Moshe relied on his brother Aaron, who will give over, who has a better, uh, he's a better orator, he has better words, he knows how to elaborate on the subject. So it's un- so it's clear from there that we have to say that Moshe spoke once, and Aaron was his elaborator, his interpreter, to explain it over. Well, if that's the case, why? Does, does our verse have to tell you that Moshe speaks to Pharaoh and Aaron interprets? If it's obvious, last week's parsha when they went together, that we took it as, it's obvious that they went together and Moshe spoke and Aaron was his interpreter and you don't have to explain it to me that Moshe really spoke and Aaron was interpreted. Why in our parsha do you have to, Rashi has to go through a whole lengthy thing to tell me that Moshe spoke and Aaron was his interpreter? If last time you didn't tell me, why do you have to tell it to me now? And a bigger question is, the bigger question is, what was Moshe's additional argument, so to speak, his additional complaint about his inability to speak well, in today's Parsha, more than what he already said in last week's Parsha. Last week he said, I have a difficult time with my mouth, a difficult time with my speech, with my tongue. And in today's Parsha, he says the words that I have sealed lips, which is basically the same complaint. I can't talk well. So, Seemingly, Moshe is trying to tell us something extra here because other what something's weird here. It seems like he already said this complaint to Hashem that he can't speak, and Hashem told him, Let your brother be your interpreter. Why does he have to come up with the same story again to Hashem? No, 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 I can't do it, I can't speak. Did something change from last week when he said, I have a hard time to speak, and today he says, I can't speak at all? And over here, we have another question. Here it says that Aaron, your brother, is going to be your spokesman. Well, that's what Hashem already said last week. Last parsha, he said, Aaron's going to be your mouth. He's going to explain things. Here you're telling me a little different. Not that he's your mouth. You're telling me that he's your spokesman. What's the difference? Now, there are commentaries here on this whole subject of these verses here that answer the second question. They say that the difference of last week's parsha when Moshe said, I have a difficult time to speak. And in this week's parsha, he says, my lips are sealed. They explain that in last week's parsha, it's speaking about the relationship of Moshe talking to the, to the Jews. Today's parsha is talking about Moshe talking to Pharaoh. Therefore, Moshe has to repeat again his concern that he can't talk good. And because it's talking about a different different audience. Last week's parasha, Moshe has talked to the Yidin. To the Yidin, it's easy for Moshe to speak. He knows the people. It's his own brothers, you know, as he called us uh, last week's parasha. But in this week, he has to speak to Pharaoh. Oh, that's a big scare. So he says, again, his fear, he can't talk. And that's why we have to have, again, Hashem's answer. Don't worry, your brother will be your spokesman. But what's difficult with this is, in the beginning, when Hashem said, Regarding his mission to be a messenger, 
to speak to the Jews. Hashem also there included the words that one day you're going to have to speak to Pharaoh too. And Aaron will be your mouth in both messages to the Jews and to Pharaoh. And another thing is, there are many verses later, the Parsha says, that God agrees to him that Aaron should be your mouth to speak to Pharaoh. Meaning that Hashem accepted the fact that it won't be the way you now that you spoke to Aaron and Aaron speaks over to the Jews. But you're going to be basically speaking to Pharaoh and Aaron's going to be your mouth. So to understand basically the way these verses are going, that in last week's parasha, when he had to speak to the Jews, Hashem tells him, and Moshe says, I can't speak well, it's difficult for me to speak. And Hashem says, don't worry, Aaron will be your mouth. In this week's parasha, when he has to speak to Pharaoh, Moses says, I can't talk, my lips are sealed. Hashem says, don't worry, you speak to Pharaoh, and Aaron will explain everything to Pharaoh. To understand the difference of all this, we will understand it first by understanding a couple nuances that the Rebbe picks up in the Rashi, which are fascinating nuances. Four nuances, he asks. First of all, Rashi said that when it says you should speak to Pharaoh, listen what Rashi says. He says, you should speak Moshe only once. Only say over the message that I have for you. Every shlichus, every mission that I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, you should say over the words exactly how you heard it from my lips. That's what God tells to Moshe. So again, Moshe, go to Pharaoh. Pa'amachas. One time you should give over every mission that I give you to Pharaoh, the way you heard it from my lips, and Aaron, Aaron, your brother, will be the interpreter and the explainer into the ears of Pharaoh. That's the Rashi. So the Rebbe says, first of all, why does Rashi say, what's the proof that you should only say it once to Moshe, to, to Pharaoh? Why should Moshe say it over only once? What's, what, what's about it? Did we think that Moshe wanted to say it over 10 times? More than once. Why does, what's the emphasis here? Moshe, say it over only once. Second of all, Rashi says on every shlichus and shlichus, every mission that you're on, you should say over what you heard from my lips. The Rebbe says, the verse said, itself, every commandment that I'm telling you, tell to Pharaoh. Why did Rashi switch from the word commandment to the word shlichus? Every message. A message or mission. He should have used the same verse. Kolt sivoy, every commandment that I told you. Why does Rashi say every message, the mission that I send you on? Question three is, he said, you should say over to Pharaoh every single thing that you heard from my lips. That's what Hashem said. What do you think? What do you think Moshe's going to say over to Pharaoh? Something he didn't hear from God? Obviously, he's only going to say what God told him to say. And the fourth question is, he says that Aaron, your brother, is going to be your interpreter and the explainer. He's going to elaborate. What's the two expressions? Interpreter 
and explainer. Just say one of them. What's the, what are we gaining by having two words here that he's going to be the interpreter and the explainer? So now, to understand all these issues, questions we have on Rashi's use of words, which, by the way, it becomes very clear to us the importance of all these nuances to really appreciate the whole picture. But in order to understand this, first we have to understand the general question that Moshe had to God in the last week's parsha and this week's parsha about his speech, inability of speech. Let's again repeat. Last week's parsha, Moshe said the words, Kvad peh ukvad anochi. He said, it's, Kvad is from the word kaved, difficult, hard, heavy. It's hard for me to speak with my mouth and my tongue. In today's parsha, he says, I have sealed lips. What's the difference of these two explanations? Obviously, there's a difference because he uses different words. If it was the same, Moshe could have said the same words. He obviously means two different meanings here. So according to Rashi, when it said, it's hard for me to speak, over there, Rashi told us, it's not just a difference of wording with today's parsha. The whole meaning is different. When he says it's hard for me to speak, what it means is I could speak, but it's difficult. It's hard. Remember, if Moshe says it's hard, it doesn't mean you can't. It just means it's hard. When he says in today's parsha, my lips are sealed, that means he can't speak at all. That's a very big difference. So when you say it's hard, okay, it's hard, but you could still do it if you push yourself. But when you say, I can't speak at all, my lips are sealed. When you say, my lips are sealed, what? When you say, my lips are sealed, it means that you can't speak at all. Now, this is why Rashi says, when you tell me you can't speak at all, your lips are sealed, He's precisely saying, when you go to Pharaoh, give over every single mission that I put you into because you are on a shlichus. You're on a mission. Meaning, you're not going with your own strength. You're going because I sent you. God sent you. And when you're going on a mission because God sent you, then I don't care if you think you can't speak, you could speak. That's irrelevant what you feel about you could or you can't. You're not going to speak anyways with your own strength. You're going to speak with my strength that I'm giving you. And that's why he uses the word shlichos because shlichos means that I send you on a mission that means I'm taking responsibility for your mission. So Hashem is telling him, you're going on a mission to say something over to Pharaoh. Okay, you're telling me you can't speak. That's okay, but that's you can't speak. But when I sending you, you're going to speak through me. Or I'm going to speak through you. You're my conduit to him. It's very interesting. I want to share with you. It's in a way, it really was like a personal story that happened. But when you think of yourself, that you're a non-entity. It's just God speaking through you. Sometimes you could say things that you would never be able to say otherwise. I'll tell you a crazy story. It was in 2007. And we were trying to expand the Chabad house. 
and we were trying to buy a property and we needed money badly and the closing for the building was the day before Sukkos. And I remember there was a, a very wealthy Jew that I had the opportunity to meet and he, I called him you know, six weeks before, because we only had like seven weeks from when we signed until we had to buy it. And I called this man and I said, can I meet you? I want to talk to you about this new purchase that we're now signed an agreement. But now we got to close. He said, listen, Rabbi, you don't understand. He said, the markets are terrible. I have eight and a half million dollars invested in the Lehman Brothers and wherever. And the whole thing went kaput. He said, I lost all my money there and I don't know if I will get back my money. Call me in a few weeks. They said a couple people are going to get back the money and maybe I'll be one of them. Anyways, the short is I called him again every week. No, I still don't have, still don't have it. I flew down to New York. I went to the oil. I came back and I went called him again before Rosh Hashanah. He said, I think I'm going to have it. Call me right after Rosh Hashanah. I called him day after Rosh Hashanah and he said, call me tomorrow. It looks like I'm getting it. I got notice. I should have it tomorrow. I called him the next day and he said, you won't believe it. I got my money back. Come, let's talk. So I went to his uh, house and I remember this man, he once told me that some organization came once to him and they asked him for money and he, they got into an argument. He wanted to give him some amount. They were trying to push him for more. He got so mad, he called the police to get these people out of his house. So I knew I, you know, I have to be gentle with the man. So I came in there and I said, we needed X amount of dollars. And he opens his checkbook and he writes a check for $10,000. You know, $10,000 is a very nice donation. But when you need lots more than 10, you know, 10 that won't get you to the finish line. So I remember I closed my eyes. He had a big desk, maybe like five feet deep desk. And I said to myself, Hashem, help me with the right words, what to say. And I stood up, I walked around the desk and I put my head, my hand on his head and I said to him like this, I said, Hashem took away your money and was deciding for a number of weeks, where's the best place for this money to go? And it was circling around the world and Hashem decided that you're the right guy and he's giving it back to you to do the right thing. I said, this $10,000 check, I cannot take it from you. It will not help us for what we need now and we really need this and this amount of money. This man picked up his head and he said, you know what? You're right. He took the $10,000 check and he ripped it up. He took out his checkbook and he wrote out to the exact amount that we needed. And I said to myself, this is what it's saying here in today's parsha. Hashem told Moshe, your saying is that you don't have ability to speak. You have sealed lips. You can't talk. Okay. But now you're going on my shlichus. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I will only say my words. Don't say my words that I'm telling you to say that you'll be able to say. Now we can understand why Rashi said, one time, paramachas, once you should say over my words, as you heard from my lips. When it comes to giving over a message, 
and you realize that you are the messenger of God, you will give over exactly the words as it was told to you to give over. Only once. Because you have to say it exact. You have to say exactly my words. Hashem says to Moshe, say this. And Moshe says, okay, I'm going to say exactly those words. But now comes a most mind-boggling point of question. And the Rebbe asks this bomb of a question here. What language did Hashem speak to Moshe in? Hashem speaks Lashon Kodesh. All over we find in the messages that Hashem speaks, it's always the holy tongue language. It's the language of the Torah, Hebrew. Not just modern Hebrew, but the holy tongue language Hebrew, the biblical language Hebrew. That's the way Hashem created the world, right? With all the Hebrew letters. That means that when he has to, Moshe has to give over the message to Pharaoh exactly the way you heard it from my mouth, that means Moshe has to give over the message to Pharaoh in Hebrew. That totally does not make sense here. Because we all know that Rashi already told us several weeks ago that Pharaoh did not know Hebrew. How do we know that Pharaoh didn't know Hebrew? So it's very interesting. When, when Jacob died, before he died, he asked his son Joseph to make a vow that he's going to bury him in, in, in Israel. Right? Joseph gives his father a vow. He swears that I'll take care of it. Now when Jacob dies, Yosef goes to the king and he says, King, your honor, I made a vow to my father and I'm going to bury him in the land of Israel. Now Pharaoh says, I don't have a choice. If you swore, I have to let you. If you have, wouldn't have sworn, I would have never let you take your father's bones out of here. I, would, I want your fa- all my blessings here in Egypt come with your father. I would never let you take him out. But because you made a vow, I'm going to let you go. Now, why did all of a sudden Pharaoh have to care about Joseph's promise? Couldn't Pharaoh had said, Joseph, sorry, I never told you to say that vow. You should have asked me permission first. You know why Pharaoh couldn't do it? So Rashi tells us the background. We, there was a rule in Egypt that in order to be the king in Egypt, you had to know all 70 languages that existed in those days. Now, Pharaoh knew all the languages except for Lashon Kodesh, except for the holy tongue language. When Joseph was coming prime minister, Joseph realized that Pharaoh doesn't know Hebrew. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I need you to promise me, I'll let you become prime minister, I'll let you have the keys to the treasure rooms, but please, Yosef, promise to me, swear to me, that you'll never tell anybody that I don't know Hebrew. Because otherwise, it will put in jeopardy my entire kingdom of being the king, because I don't know Hebrew. And Yosef said, no problem, I won't tell anybody. So now, Pharaoh says, if I will tell Yosef, that his vow means nothing, Yosef will tell Pharaoh, all right, if my vow means nothing, then my vow to you before also means nothing, and I'm going to tell everybody that you don't know Lushan Kodesh Hebrew. So what do, what do we deduce? What do we remember from that story? The Pharaoh doesn't know Hebrew. So what's the point in today's Parsha for Moshe to speak to the king in Hebrew if the king doesn't understand any Hebrew? What's the point of that? 
That's why Rashi comes and says, Aaron is going to be two things. Now you understand the answer to the question, why did Rashi say he's going to be your interpreter and your explainer? Because, number one, he's going to have to be your interpreter. How do we know that Yam Litzenu means interpreter? Because the Torah already told us in Parsha Miketz that when Yosef's brothers came to see him to get food, they didn't know Yosef is their brother. These brothers only knew Hebrew. And they, were, they had to talk to Yosef. They didn't know who Yosef knows Hebrew. So that Yosef said, bring in an interpreter that speaks uh, uh, Hebrew. So they brought in an interpreter that speaks Hebrew and Egyptian. Now the interpreter heard the brothers and told over Yosef in Egyptian. So now the brothers, of course, believed this is not their brother. They didn't even think about it because there's an interpreter. So you see that the word melitz means an interpreter. So the first thing is, Rashi says here, Aaron was your melitz, he's your interpreter. Second of all, Aaron is yat imenu, means he's going to make it explanatory, he's going to explain it with good words, he's going to make it geshmach in a way that Pharaoh will really get it. In other words, he's really going to explain it to them well, why it's so important to let the Jews out. He's going to give it to him well to understand. So that only explains to me why you have Aaron's the interpreter. But why do I need Moshe? I don't understand. If, if Pharaoh doesn't understand Hebrew, why do I need Moshe to be the one to speak to Pharaoh? Let Moshe speak to Aaron. Aaron will just tell it to begin with to Pharaoh. What's the point of Moshe saying something if the man doesn't understand him? To understand this, we have the second piece of God's statement. God says to Moshe, Re'eh, look, Nisaticha Elohim Lapare. I am going to make you, Moshe, into a master over Pharaoh. You think, people think Pharaoh is the king of the most superpower of the world. You are going to become a master over him. And, and then Rashi says, what does it mean? You're going to be a master over him, says Rashi. You're going to be a shofet. You're going to be a judge over him. You're going to be a ruler over him. To rule him. You're going to be a ruler over him with plagues and suffering. In other words, you're going to be such a strong, powerful ruler over Pharaoh. Pharaoh's going to tremble from you. Now, when it says that, that means that even though Pharaoh doesn't understand maybe the language, but he's going to see you as a ruler over him, he's going to be shaking. He's going to be scared because you're going to say over my words with firmness, harsh, even though you're saying it in Hebrew, it's going to lead that he is going to be afraid. Now, this now leads us to one of the most amazing sections of this sicha. You remember many times the Rebbe told us that he's gonna, he teaches us in a Rashi sicha, he brings down the wine of the Rashi. Remember we use that phrase many times, the wine of the Rashi. What does it mean, the wine? So we explained that wine always brings out the secrets. Right? That's the thing of wine. So in Rashi's commentary, there's the wine, there's the secrets, there's the depth that lies there. 
What's the, 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 the depth? It means the Kabbalah, the Hasidus, the parts that you don't see on the surface of the story. Up until there was the surface of the story where we show, where we studied the basic idea. Now comes the wine of the Torah, the Hasidus part of the Torah. And he says like this. When it says, look, I'm going to make you the ruler of Pharaoh. Who's go- you're going to be his judge. You're going to be his ruler. You're going to rule him with plagues and suffering. In Hasidus, it explains that whenever you have klipot, remember what klipos is. Klipos is like the peel. It's the part that you don't see godliness there. So whenever forces around us, klipos, the negative forces, the opposite of holiness, is at its highest peak. Even a tzaddik cannot break the klipa. Even a tzaddik cannot break the impurity, the impure forces that are so strong. Even a tzaddik can't break it. They're so strong. Like example, like the sages tell us, the Talmud says, it's brought down in several places in Talmud. It says that if you see a Russia, a wicked man, that the moment is smiling at him, don't try to teach him a lesson at that time. Meaning, if you see a Russia, a wicked person, that's in his heyday, he's doing phenomenal, he's, he's at his most powerful stage of his life, don't try to break him at that moment. It's the wrong time. You won't succeed. Because if he has such strong impure forces holding him to be so strong, meaning that the impure forces are smiling at him. Wow, look how good you're doing, right? You are not the right person. Nobody is the right person to try to break him at that time. Only who could break a Russia? Only it's in the ability of God himself. Because God knows how to, as we call it in English, and he knows how to put the needle in the, in the balloon, you know? He knows how to deflate the Russia's ego. And humble him. Only Hashem himself could do that. This is what it means. Look, Moshe. This is a novelty, a new thing that I'm going to make you into a ruler of Pharaoh. Even though Pharaoh is at his highest peak. Which normally you cannot break him. Nevertheless, Hashem says to Moshe. You will rule him with the arm of God, with the might of Hashem. The Zeroya Ke'el. I am going to transmit into you, Hashem says to Moshe, the power of God, literally, so that you could rule over Pharaoh. Normally, a person can't rule over Pharaoh, but you will be able to. It's very interesting this concept that he's going to be able to do this. Therefore, normally when you see a Russia, you cannot take him down, but because you, I'm giving you this special arm, the arm of Hashem, the power of Hashem, you're going to be able to take him down. And who gets this power of Hashem to pull down the greatest Russia, the most powerful Russia person who feels like they're running the world? The leader of the generation the Moshe Rabbeinu, the Nasi Hadar. He's the leader of the prince of the generation. 
Because as the Chumash, as it says in the Torah, that Moshe is the Mamutza, he is the middleman to relay over messages between God and the people. So he has that power. And therefore, it, by the way, it says about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, the one from Lag Baimer, Rabbi Shimon, the one who authored the Zohar. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai was of the opinion, he lived in the Roman era, and he was of the opinion that we do have the power to pull down a Russia even when heavenly forces are smiling at him. In other words, he's doing really well, even though he's a big evil person. Why did the Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai feel that we do have the power? Because Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechai, it says, he was a spark of Moshe Rabbeinu. So he had the same power that Moshe had. Therefore, he was able to do it. Specifically, Moshe and not Aaron. You see, a lot of times people open up a chumash, open up a siddur, and they want to add names in there. Why does the siddur only say this name and not that name? Every name is precise. They carry certain qualities. Moshe Rabbeinu and not Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu, you have to be the one to say these words to Pharaoh I'm not looking for Aaron to say that. Aaron could explain it in Egyptian, no problem. But you have to say over those words that I'm giving you. Those are reserved only for a Moshe Rabbeinu to do. There's a godly power that I'm giving you and you could break the powers of Pharaoh. I'm not asking you to transform Pharaoh. I'm asking you to break his impurities. It's an amazing thing, by the way, that the power that Hashem gives if you take that power, you could break anything. You know, I once heard a, a little story from a shliach that moved out, I believe in 1959 even, moved from New York to Baltimore. This man, I remember in my days, he was uh, the mashkiach in 770. He used to supervise the yeshiva boys that they come to school on time in the morning, afternoon, he took attendance. Anyways, but earlier years when he got married, he was living in Baltimore. And he once came to the Rebbe and he said, how do I influence Jews? He said, I can't speak English. This guy, I don't even know where he came from, probably from Russia or somewhere. And the Rebbe said, take with you a bag of candies and give out a candy to people. You see, it's not about your ability to say something that they have to understand 100%. Pharaoh didn't have to understand uh, the proof is Moshe gives it over in Hebrew. Pharaoh doesn't know Hebrew as we just learned. It's about giving over precisely the words of God, the godly words. Now, we see here that all this was only because God gave him the Zeroya Ke'el. He gave him his arm, the arm of God, the power of God. And that could be only to the Shliach that gives it over. And therefore, Hashem says, say over exactly what I'm telling you from my lips. There's a very famous phrase that says, Shechina medaberes mitoich greine, it says. That God's divine, provin- God's divine words comes through the throat of Moshe. So it's like God speaking through this throat so that we should be able to hear it. Right? We all know the first two of the Ten Commandments we heard directly from God, but we all died. We collapsed. We had Parcha Nishmas and our souls flew out, right? So the, we, asked, we woke up and we asked Moshe, please, you hear it from God and you tell it to us. Because Moshe became the conduit for, it, for God's words to come down through his throat. So Moshe wasn't an entity of himself. It came through him. 
Now we can understand why the order was like this. First, Moshe says, in last week's parsha, I have a hard time to speak. For that, Hashem says, you could still communicate with the Jews. That's not a problem. Tell it to Aaron, he'll tell it over. But specifically in today's parsha, when Pharaoh, when Moshe says, my lips are sealed. What does that mean? Now you're able to speak. Because now I know you're only going to say my words. It's nothing to do with you. Because you you're totally not in a position to say anything. Not just that it's not hard. You can't speak at all. So what I want you to say is only what I'm going to tell you. In Hasidus it says uh, even another deeper idea. It says, when Moshe said, it's hard for me to speak. That's because he was humble to godliness. This is a deeper meaning. But this is really the essence of it. Why couldn't he speak? He was so humble to Hashem. And therefore he said, I'm so humble to you, God. I'm taking in everything that you're teaching to me. And therefore, I cannot speak at the same time and give over a message. I'm yours, God. I'm listening to you. So it's very hard for me to speak to anybody else. You want me to go speak to the Jewish people? I'm busy absorbing what you're telling me. We actually have a halacha to this theme. It says that regarding meat, right? Do you know how kosher meat, you have to take the meat and you have to put it in salt, right? Because the salt extrapolates the blood that's in the meat. So the halacha asks a question. If I have two pieces of meat, maybe one is going to meet, the blood's going to come out, but then it's going to go into the next piece of meat next to it. So the halacha says that scientifically it doesn't work like that. While a piece of meat is busy absorbing or busy exporting, it will not do the opposite at the same time. So if a piece of meat is exporting blood, it's, it's extrapolating the blood from the salt, it's pulling it out, it will not suck in any other blood at the same time. Now in our context here, that's what Moshe was in essence saying. I can't, it's too difficult for me to speak because he was so humble to Hashem. While he was taking in, he can't go out. There's another, I found somewhere else in Hasidus that explains this phrase. For like, a, for example, a teacher and a student. When a student is listening to his teacher, trying to learn something and get the idea, that's not the time for the, for the student to tell it over to another person. You're busy absorbing. While you're absorbing, you can't spit out. It's either you're teaching or you're, re, or you're receiving. But now, when he reaches a higher level, Moshe reaches, not just as he humble, that it's difficult to speak, today he reaches to a level that he, his lips are sealed. This means he's reached to the ultimate level of humility. The open, ultimate level of his humbleness, complete devotion that he's like, he's like a non-entity. Now when he reached this level, the ultimate level of bittle, of humbleness, now he was ready to become the ruler over Pharaoh. Because now he has no feelings of his own and it's only the words of God. And then he has the ability to break the forces of Pharaoh. Ah, you could ask a question. One second. Why should the Jews lose out? When he had to send the message to the Jews, it had to come through Aaron, not from Moshe. But we wanted to hear it from Moshe, no? Did we not want to hear it from Moshe himself? Moshe was the leader. 
Why should we have to hear it only from Aaron? And the answer is, the Jews understood that even though the Jews were believers, of course, because we're all children of believers, we're innate believers in God. Every Jew is a believer, right? Like they say, the person, you know, the, the, the person who, the first time they ever heard the person speak about God's, when they went on the scale, they said, oh my God! But even then, you see, you get this, you get to realize that everybody believes in that there's a God. You see, at certain times you cry it out. So even though the truth is that we are believers, we understand that. But nevertheless, we wanted to hear it from Moshe. But he tells us that you should know that when we, we realized that when we heard it from Aaron, we didn't lose out anything. Why? Because when Moshe speaks to Aaron, Aaron is only like the passer through. It kind of, it goes through him to us. Like we see the, in the Mishnah, it says, Moshe received the Torah on Sinai and he gave it over to Joshua, Yeshua. And Yeshua gave it over to the elders. The elders gave it over, right? They passed down to the Anshikanes Sagdah, the men of the great assembly. It also says students that learn, everything you learn comes from Sinai. So when it comes to Jews, we could receive it in any way because we know it's not getting diluted on its way down. But when it comes to Pharaoh, if it would come only from Aaron to Pharaoh, not from Moshe to Pharaoh, it would lose in its quality. Why? Because to Pharaoh, it says Moshe, sorry, it says that Aaron had to interpret it. What does it mean when you have to be an interpreter? Interpreter means that I, had, I change the original words and I use different words, even sometimes to change the language. Like in our case, Moshe speaks in Hebrew, Aaron has to translate it to him. That means that it's losing a level of sanctity. And that's why when Moshe speaks to Pharaoh, Pharaoh had to hear it exactly the way it is from Moshe itself. So it shouldn't lose any sanctity. When it comes to the Jews, it, we don't need a Targum. We don't need the translator. Aaron's only the passer through. He carried the bags from here and brought it to here. But we got the essence of it itself too. That's why Rashi changes the interpretation of the word Nivecha. He says in this context here, Nivecha, which we could use the word on a prophet. So you could say Nivecha means, as we said earlier, a spokesman. Rashi said Nivecha is not really spokesman. Nivecha means interpreter here. Because he actually did change it into a different language in order for Pharaoh to understand. Now, what's the lesson? What's the takeaway of all this? This is always the key. Says the Rebbe, the takeaway is for every single person is the following. Many times it happens that our godly soul is in an exile, in the exile of our animal soul. We all know a Jew has a godly soul and an animal soul. Many times your godly soul is in the exile of the animal soul, meaning that even it's at a point that your animal soul took charge. It feels like it's its boss. It's, the, it's in its heydays. It's in control. Your animal souls, I will tell the godly soul what to do, when to get up, what time to go to Davin, and when I'm rested, and when I'm hungry and not hungry, I'm going to be the boss. So if it happens to a person that your godly soul is stuck in an exile with your animal soul, what's the solution? The solution is to do what Moshe did to, Aaron, to, to Pharaoh. What did Moshe do? Hashem said, you're going to be his ruler. What does it mean ruler? You're going to be the ruler with a strong arm. 
you're going to rule it with plagues and suffering. What does it mean in our context with your animal soul? You're going to do as it says in Tanya. You take your animal soul and you tell him, hey. And he says, actually, don't tell it to him. Scream at him. Tell your animal soul, you are a Russia. You are filthy. You're a distraction. Get out of my way. You have to beat it. Talk to it to beat it. Don't talk to it. Scream at it. Now, how does every Jew able to do this? What, are we all Moses? Are we all a Moshe Rabbeinu? Ah, he says we have the strength for Moshe. Because it says that there's a spark of Moshe in every Jew. That means every Jew has the ability to break any impure forces that get in, gets into your way. And every generation has a real Moshe. That means that we have the strength from the Nasi Hadar, from the leader of our generation, in every single generation, to be able to break any obstacle that gets in your way. And this becomes the answer to all those people, says the Rebbe here in the concluding chapter. He says, this is the answer to all those people that complain. There is a big darkness out there, and it's a double and triple, such a thick darkness out there. We are in the end days of this exile, coming close to Mashiach, it's true. We're like the heel of the days of, uh, of the exile, entering into Mashiach. But how can I fulfill the demands of our Rebbes that asked us to spread Chassidus in every possible place that you could possibly reach to? To every lowly place. But every lowly place has so many obstacles that are in our way. You're trying to teach Hasidus. You're trying to bring a mitzah in whatever it is to some Jew or some area. But there's obstacles in the way. So what's the answer to this complaint? That those that say that I can't because there's obstacles in the way. My husband won't allow me to do this Jewish education or go to a class or my wife won't allow me, right? How do you deal with this? It's not them complaining. It's an obstacle of some issue. So he says, for this, you have to know that there's a, there's a expanded concept of Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation, even into the days of Mashiach. And he says, let's understand something. It says in the Kabbalah that our generation, this generation that we are living in nowadays, 2023, it says that our generation, the souls of people in this generation, we are reincarnated souls of the generation of the Jews that were in the desert with Moshe. The Jews that left Egypt in the desert for 40 years, our souls are reincarnated from those souls. Well, those souls lived miraculous days. They had manna falling from heaven. Their clothes were fresh every morning. That's just a few examples. And much more, they had water from the rock and so on and so forth, right? They lived miraculous days. So now, if we realize that and we connect ourselves to the Nasi Hadir, if we connect ourselves with the Rebbe of the generation, then you have nothing to worry about from any obstacles and concealments that may come your ways because we have the strength. However, says the Rebbe, it's true. 
Yes, what we just said is 100% true. We have the powers to break through any obstacle. Nobody can get into your way. No obstacle can be in your way as long as you think in your head that you're doing the right intention and I have the power connected to the Nasi Hadar connected of Moshe Rabbeinu. However, he warns us, you have to do this in a pleasant way. You can't do this in a wild, aggressive way. You have to do this in a pleasant way. And as the Rebbe wants you to do it in a pleasant way. And as the previous Rebbe asked of his father, before his father passed away in 1920, his father was the Rebbe Rashab. And before, when his father told him that he's going to have to take over the Nasius, the leadership, the previous Rebbe said to his father, with one request I have. It should be bechesed uberachamim. My, my leadership should be in a way with kindness and mercy. Years later, once, I once heard that the previous Rebbe said, we all know from 1920 to 1927 was brutal times for Jews in Russia. Communist regime was at its ugliest head. The previous Rebbe himself was sentenced to death in 1927 in prison. Miraculously, he survived it. He once said later years that this request that it, it should be with kindness and mercy only was fulfilled after 1927. In whatever era he was talking then, I don't know, after 1927. But the point is, through us following the requests of the Rabbeim to go in their ways, if we do this, we have nothing to be afraid of. Nothing. Just like Moshe broke the impure forces, and he went out of Egypt, he left with uplifted arms, so too now, through the Moshe of our generation, we will go out of this exile, with uplifted arms. So it's dependent in us. If we summarize what he just said, he said clearly, if we connect ourselves to what they asked us to do, what does that mean? He asked us to learn Chumash every day. He asked us to learn Tanya every day, to Tehillim, Rambam, learn Torah, teach Yiddishkeit to each other, bring Hasidus to the world. Then you have nothing to be afraid of. All the obstacles will just be broken in front of you. When did he say this? He said this on the Shabbos Parsha of Era. In 1929, and also part of this essay was taken from his talk in the year of 1955. So this was a, a connection of those two talks that he said, of this beautiful understanding that when Moshe says that, I, that it's difficult to me to talk, that's one humble level. But when he says, I cannot talk at all, that's the key. When we say we can't at all, I'm a non-existence, I am a nobody. And the only thing I'm going to say over is the words of Hashem. Then you're everything. You are nothing, but you're everything. That's the point of here. Okay, so with this, we finished this, this sicha today. Anybody has any 